like people. knock 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 yeah oh my god my my pipes burst and then your blouse pops open and it's like can you fix my plumbing yeah and, all and then all of a sudden you're, you're just like a- smashing each other and there's welcome to too much our podcast about well whatever from issues of the world to topics of lesser grandeur we've got you covered with a little bit too much to say about everything so let's start the show I'm your Russian transvestite hooker, Michael. <laughs> and I am balls deep in Drag Race, Cody. Go all the way into Drag Race, aren't you? Yeah, two seasons There's at There's two of them going on right now. A lot of people are saying that it's the wrong move for production to do because they're not going to get as many views. But the American version, season 13, they had their highest opening night ever. Yeah, because they had the show like on five different channels at once (laughs) cheating but still great great for them at least um i watched both the american version and the uk version and i love them both it's it's different they're very different but i just wish that they weren't going on at exactly the same time that's the only thing like the american one is more american and the uk is just kind of like let's have fun we're just here for it you know what i mean it's not like all about like looking sickening and that kind of thing it's more like we're just here to like take the piss out of life right that's true because i find that when you have a newer franchise they're not that preoccupied with what the fandom might think or how they look on tv it's more like i'm here to have fun i'm on tv this is exciting it's like when reality TV was brand new. I was going to... But on the American version, it's like, oh my God, let me not offend anyone. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to save this for when we get into like some hot topics, but you saw that like BBC blog post about that person reviewing the show. And they were basically said that you'll never catch what you had in the first season. Like the first season, no one cared. Like they didn't really know they were on TV and they were just acting so natural. And now she thinks that but everyone's that's not like... Even true produced i'm like not really i don't see that at all i really don't see where she got that from she was talking a lot of shit she was saying a lot of dumb shit i know in that article she wrote. yeah she called out the first um, of all she called out the two the black, black queens. queens tace and and what's her name astina astina mandela astina mandela um Basically said that, you know, there was that part in the first episode when they, one of their runway categories was do um, black, gay, uh, no, not black, gay icons, but gay icons from the UK. From indigenous to UK. right? Yes. And so they, obviously being black queens, they wanted to do a black gay icon, but there's not a lot of them in the UK. So they both ended up picking Naomi, Naomi Campbell. And so this writer was like... They need to do their hit. They need to like look into their history just because they want to do like some fashion girl who's like current. They need to go back and look at people like Donna Summer and and, and Josephine Baker and Grace I was Jones. Like, Bitch, Donna Summer. First of all, Grace Jones, born in Jamaica. Donna Summer, born in the U.S. Josephine Baker, born in the U.S. Like you cannot just be throwing out names of black celebrities that are popular in the UK. exactly the ca- like. Did you even watch the show? The category was a UK queer icon. They can't just do some American. Like the point was that they wanted to be very British, and that's why they picked Naomi right. Campbell. 
I mean, all the names this girl in the article were throwing was throwing out, sure, they're really great icons you could have chosen, but not for this category. Yeah, exactly. Not at all. But I... And she was so confident in that bullshit. I know! Like, she wrote a whole paragraph about this, and it's like, you're really gonna stand up in that opinion, that trash opinion? Like, it was clearly UK icons. And there isn't a lot of black How ones. How about you do your research? Exactly. And then <laughs> no, you were the day after the episode aired, um, I think it was the Drag Race Instagram account put out this little like conversation piece about how the you know highlighting some um, black queer icons in the UK. But it's like none of them were at the level of Naomi Campbell or at the really at the level of any of the other white ones that the other queens picked. So there isn't there isn't right. a lot I of mean, representation for them. When I saw that, the only one that I thought on the list that the Drag Race producers put out was like that guy who's a singer. I forget his M- name. M- like M- M-N-E-K? M-N-E-K? Yeah, like Mink or something. <laughs> I don't know what his name is. It's like a few letters. It's There's like no... Um, I think it's M-N-E-K, but I don't know how you M-N-E-K? pronounce it. Okay. So the only one I saw that I was like, okay, he, him maybe, and it was that guy. But then he's a guy and he doesn't really dress androgynous. So it would be like, how do I translate him to my runway? Yeah, it would just be dressing he up as a man. Just this, it would just be dressing up as a man with dreads. Yeah. And because he's not like a fashion icon and he doesn't really get serve looks. Whereas when you think of Vivian Westwood, she serves, she's very distinguishable with style, her look. Yeah. Naomi Campbell, she has style. You think David Bowie. Like, all these people, like, it makes sense to choose them for a runway, not these people that you're talking about. And the drag queen that they were talking about, the trans woman they were talking about, while they might, they sounded more like underground icons than, like, you know, national icons. Yeah, I mean, if they're, if you could even consider them icons, they're historical figures. Trailblazers, pioneers, right. sure. But not, but not iconic. No one really knows no. them. What did you think of um, the third episode of the American Drag Race? Okay, the third episode was the best episode so far. First off, episode number one was tragically Trash. bad. So bad. I All the queens was coming out lip syncing one after the other. Then you had a whole elimination thing and they had to vote twice. I was like, this is so tiring and it's so annoying. I rewatched it the other day because, <clears throat> guys, I'm on this radio station now. <laughs> Every Friday at around 3.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can catch me on 103.9 FM. Proud FM. Um, something Proud FM. It's here in Toronto. I do a, a quick little review of Drag Race episodes. Uh, anyways, I was re-watching for that reason. I'm like, I want to have it fresh in my mind what happened. I woke up early in the morning. I watched episode one again. I was like, this is so tiring just watching these lip syncs. And they're not that great. Maybe one or two of them, I was like, yes. But then most of them, I'm like, this is just so meh. And then episode, episode two came along, the winner's circle. There was a little drama between Elliot and... Um, candy muse in the workroom but it wasn't anything serious and candy muse was like overreacting and i didn't love a lot of their raps people who i thought were front runners just showed me that they're not got good. yeah 
Candy, I'm talking about you. Sorry, not sorry about it. And the looks that they were serving were not it. When episode three came around and all these B squad, loser circle, pork chop girls came in the room, I was like, one, y'all look better than a lot of the girls. They were they were really <laughs> serving it. First of all, so they did they did their um, yeah. performance challenge to RuPaul's song, what is it, Phenomenon? Which Phenomenon, I think is not yeah. a great song. So the girls and most of them aren't the great. girls in the ep- I like a lot of Ruth Paul's songs, but the girls in the episode before had Contragulations, which isn't amazing, but I think it was the better song. And then these girls, they get a not one. great. A they get one. a not great song, but they did way and better with it. it delivered out. way better lyrics. They all, um, I mean, they had three choreographers in the group, or at least three. Four, if you count Tamisha, but they they have all those choreographers, so they really turned out great um, choreography. Not only in their solo performances, like you know when they do the group numbers, it's like that choreography was good. But then even when people were doing solo, individually, the girls doing the solo were good, and the girls in the background were good. Because usually the girls in the background are just doing like a one-two, you know. But they were actually doing stuff. But everyone was doing things with them. I loved when Tamisha started, and she's like pointing up and down and the girls were going yeah, with her and they and would like tag in like, tag out like they're like clapping giving like attitude it kind of reminded me of um like remember in on canada's drag no, race when no, they when no. they did the um <laughs> no like the battle and they were all going back and forth and like calling each other out it was that energy yes, that but way better one. but yeah so the girls had like a not not as great song turned it out i thought their looks during the performance were way oh better God. the looks and than performances week one were amazing other than maybe simone because, you know what even simone nah. because while i liked simone's outfit it was giving me very 2001 beyonce performing like on the beach with sean paul or something yeah absolutely <laughs> it just didn't feel current it didn't feel like a pop star of today and I don't know if she was going for a period piece, but it felt so... Well, she has a very old aesthetic we've seen. She does. She does. But looking at everyone, like putting them side by side, only Olivia Lux could have probably gone over to the um, Pork Shop Girls group and like fit in. During the performance, those girls yeah. were serving fashion yeah. during the performance. Everyone was actually in a good performance outfit. They didn't... When I first saw episode two and I saw Candy Muse and all the girls performing, I was like, okay, Candy Muse, you're in a basic ass black leotard, no embellishments, nothing, and a leopard belt, like no pad. I don't even know if she was padded. I don't know if she was, she was not cinched. Yeah. Thigh high boots, uh, blue wig. And I'm like, okay, this is so basic, but well, the blue hair kind of like elevates it, but it was really basic. Yeah. the girl. And when I think... The girls, I was going to say, the Sorry. girls in um, week two, it's like they just grabbed like quick drag. And the girls in week three, it like, felt very actually wore a look. Everyone had a look on. I'm thinking of week three girls, and I cannot think of one girl that was performing that I was like, I do not like your outfit. Even Utica. Except for, even Utica. I loved Utica's yeah. outfit. Loved yeah. it. The only person I was like, I could do without it, but it still is not the worst, was Joey J. 
Right. And I feel like one of the reasons why I was like annoyed with Joey J is because she kept putting out the same silhouette the entire episode. Exactly. She had done two runways already, and it was very similar to those two runways. So I was like, eh, seen it. Yeah, and they... But it was still better than most of the girls from the week before. They also did really great on the runway. A better runway. Oh my god. It it was by far ten times better than the, the first group of girls. Some of my favorites, well, for the first group, the only two girls that I can really say served for me was um, Gottmik and Simone. And I know a lot of people loved Olivia Lux's outfits. I thought they were cute, but I just felt like the first one was not enough. And the second one was like, it just didn't feel like it fit her well, in my opinion. So I wouldn't even count her. For the second group, most people knocked it out of the park. Yeah. My favorites was um, Rosé. Rosé turned the party. Oh, in in like her, her in the first in the first runway thing they did. Yeah. Right, the first runway they did. Rosé gave a beautiful, um, what do you call it, Moschino inspired dress mm-hmm. with the rosé at the mm-hmm. back. That was so smart. She gave the prettiest outfit in that second um vamp look that vamp look was straight off a freaking oh yeah i actually i saw the reference on instagram today i can't remember what it was i think it's alexander mcqueen but it was very editorial it was like she dragged it it, she dragged it up versus the reference i saw but it was still like fashion 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 and one of my fashion queens that i've pegged her to be a fashion queen since i saw her in meet the queens utica because she's like oh i make my own outfits and i'm like your meet the queens is so freaking well done and I expected a lot from her, and she did not disappoint me. While I didn't know how ladylike her balls look was, it was still an amazing garment. Yeah. And her vamp look was literally, it, it transitioned so well, because you see the big, beautiful, bright balls in that look. If you don't know what I'm saying, it sounds weird, me talking about bright <laughs> balls. <laughs> but in their second look, the vamp look, she was giving... Uh, the balls were like dark and deflated on her collar. It was it was giving me very much what's her name from season ten with the good one and the bad one. Um Oh yeah. The girl who's always on Eureka O'Hara. Oh no, not Eureka. No, the girl not who's Eureka, always working Asia the world. O'Hara. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It was giving me very that. It was so conceptual, so smart, thought out from top to bottom. And I mean of course, we know Kamora Hall is a look queen. She was she's a very minimalistic queen. But she always looks freaking stunning. Yeah. So clean. Yeah. Clean, clean, clean. Absolutely. So again, nobody went favorite? home. Who's my favorite? Um Yeah. I don't know. The entire episode. I guess just Tamisha Iman, just overall, just the that was her episode. Like I overall, told Overall she won the episode. I told you the other day, like the whole edit was like Tamisha Iman. Like she for better her. not go home yeah. next week. They this better not have been like them giving her some camera time before she sent home. But anyways, if she does if get sent, sent home next week, she she already got the hundred thousand mm. followers. So good for her. I know. And she's made a whole career out yeah. of drag. So it's not like she it's not this is not do or die for her. She's been making a living. I feel like I'm gonna buy one of her shoes just as a keepsake. <laughs> a keepsake. <laughs> Don't kill me. Yeah, just like supporting the art you know but i was gonna say um episode three nobody went home again they lip synced for five thousand dollars which 
Denali won and she was like over the moon about the $5,000. Not to shade $5,000, but like when you're in the US and they just tax half of it, it's like, okay, I guess that paid for a couple outfits that you got made to come for the show. But anyways, what do you think is going to happen next week? Because we've seen that the girls are going to come together. Are they actually going to have a challenge together? I think so. They are definitely going to be... You know what I think is going to happen next week? There's going to be two teams. This is my prediction because we already know it's an acting challenge based off of the preview. So the two teams are going to be this. Whoever won their episode. So Denali is going to be the head of one team. And who the hell won? Simone. <laughs> I'm forgetting oh, the, yeah. the first team yeah. already. They're so forgettable. Uh, so the mother girls? Two teams forgettable. Forgettable. They're going to have to pick girls to go on their team. And then from there, they're going to do an acting challenge with their groups. That's what I think is going to happen. All right. Well, and I don't think they're going to be able to pick everyone from the group that they came in with. Somehow I feel like it's going to change. It's time to mix it up. It's going to be mixed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it should be. Although, I mean, now the 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 loot quote unquote losers group, they've like bonded together so well. Like there's such like a sense of teamwork there. I would watch those six girls alone for the next couple of weeks. Yes, absolutely. They just were, they had personality. They had, they didn't, you know what? They didn't have any drama. There was no drama. There's such a sisterhood. And what's funny is that when Rosé first entered, like just based off of her look, I'm going to tell you, I judged a book by its cover, but also the way she acted in episode one, I was like, this girl's a bitch. She's giving me um, Brita filter vibes. Like think she's the hottest shit to come out of New York since queen of New York, New York cheesecake. (laughs) And so I didn't expect her to get along with the girl so well. And I mean, she said in her interview, like, I think there's going to be a lot of sisterhood building, but then a lot of like beating them and proving you're the best. And that's fine because it is a race. It is drag race. But I just hope she keeps like she stays nice. I hope I judged the book wrong. I mean, I can tell that she has a bit of an ego because she's been doing drag for so long and she's a part of Stephanie's child. And they've, you know, they're like doing pretty well as that little group singing around town and whatnot. There is an ego there, but beyond the ego, I think she's a nice girl. I hope so. I can tell that when um, Lux beat her in the first lip sync, she was not happy. Oh, she was pissed. She's like, I am that girl in New York, and this new queen beat me. This is embarrassing. That's probably what she felt. And so when she was walking away, she's like, I don't know what the hell's going on here, but all right, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. She she just really could not believe it. You know what? If I were doing drag for so long and I had such a great career in drag and then some new queen doing drag a year and a half beat me at lip syncing, my bread and butter, I'd have been like, "Um, this is not my reality. This is not my fantasy. I don't accept this. This is just not how it's going to go down. So I get it. These are performers and they're very sensitive about their craft. Oh, absolutely. So, other than um, being balls deep in drag, what's been up? Ah, so we're in Toronto, and this week we're doing the podcast in a very different way. Normally, we would get to like link up and do it once a week, but we have moved from a lockdown 
to a state of emergency <laughs> here in the province of Ontario. And it is quite dramatic. They are being dramatic boots. I mean, we are nowhere near what's going on in America, thank God. But our government is very proactive and they don't want it to get to that point. So they're being a little bit more dramatic. They're like, okay, same rules as a lockdown. You only go out for essential stuff. During the lockdown, they were saying things like, you should stay in your bubble if your bubble is your household, but you can like mixed with you can mix with another household. So like my household and your household, we just see each other and we don't see anyone else outside outside of that bubble. So that was kind of acceptable. But now they're like, stay where you are, don't mix with anyone, don't go out unless you need groceries. As a matter of fact, just order groceries, have it delivered. That's what we have essential workers for. So you don't have to leave the house. And people are getting pulled over by police, which I'm hearing is not supposed to happen. Why not? Someone's told, I don't know. Someone told me that they thought that was not supposed to happen, but I'm like, I don't know. They're like, Pe but people are being pulled over by police and being asked questions like, why are you out? Where are you going? Oh, you're not going to work. You're not coming from work. You're not an essential worker. You're going to your friend's house. Okay, here's a, fi a $800 fine. Go home. And I'm like, I ain't got $800 to give nobody, especially this government. So I'm going to stay my ass at home. <laughs> and so we are recording um, separately over satellite. Yada, satellite. Yada. <laughs> Techno technology fish. Yeah, we'll see yeah. how this turns out. We'll see what the audio quality is like. Oh, God, I'm scared already because I, I do the editing for this and I'm not tech savvy at all. But we will make it work want to get into some hot topics yes please so did you see cardi b has booked her first movie role like her first starring movie role oh god yes i saw that i saw an article did not get to read it but yes cardi b is now going to officially be a leading lady <laughs> a leading like, lady yeah she was supposed to be on the big screen this her. summer because remember that that fast and furious movie was supposed to come out but it got pushed back like everything else because of the pandemic you know what i want i really wanted to happen because fran dresser was planning to do a reboot and have cardi b be her daughter and i was like i would really want to see that i don't know if that's serious but i, I would have i hoped it was because fran is she moves quickly Fran is one of those women who has the power in Hollywood. If she wants a show to get kicked off, it just goes, you know? She's been in so many shows since The Nanny. Not all of them None had of them multiple successful. seasons. I mean, a few of them were like three, four seasons, so... Uh, okay, not bad. Pretty successful, yeah. But on small channels. Right. So according to Variety, the movie's called Assisted Living, and it's described as a raucous comedy with tremendous heart, quote-unquote, um, drawing comparisons to films like Tootsie, Sister Act, and Miss De Mrs. Doubtfire. I've never seen Tootsie, but... Cardi I plays Amber, either. a small-town crook? Yeah, who finds herself in over her head when a heist goes wrong. While on the run from cops and her former crew, she struggles to find a hideout, so she disguises herself as an elderly woman and hides out at a place she thinks no one will find her. Her estranged grandmother's nursing home. This sounds like it's Tyler Perry produced. 
That's what I was about to say. I know of a show called Assisted Living with Tamela Mann and Miss, uh, her, uh, David Mann, her husband, and they're in a show right now called Assisted Living. So I was and like, that is, that is the Tyler same show? Yeah, that doesn't... So say, is that I mean, what whatever. she's going to be in? Or is this like a different show? No, she's going to be in a movie. I said this is her first movie. Oh, oh this, this is a movie movie. Okay. Yes, yeah, a movie movie. A comedy. I wonder if this is a movie to the series that Tyler Perry has. I mean, it doesn't say anything about Tyler Perry, so it can't be a spinoff of that because, you know, he wouldn't let anyone do anything that doesn't have his name on it. For sure. Producer, writer, director, star. I think it, I think it could be... It could be good. Um, I mean, we think Cardi B is funny. I don't know. Sometimes I get a little bit tired of her. But what do you how? <laughs> what do you think of this idea for her to be for her to star in a comedy that's actually going to go to theaters if theaters ever open up again? Um, you know what? I like her, and she reminds me of Tiffany Haddish, where just on a regular they'll say something funny or do something funny and it will be like ha 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 but whenever they're supposed to like go in front of a camera and read a script it comes off like forced and weird like i like tiffany but i don't love watching her in movies (laughs) so i'm assuming it's going to be something like that naturally funny people sometimes don't always translate well when they're being produced hmm yeah i wonder if i know that for myself i wonder if her (laughs) okay anyways I wonder if she's going to be playing a character or if her character is just going to be Cardi B. It would be smart if whoever is writing this writes it for her specifically, because if she has to play a character, it's going to be a challenge. Unless she's been taking acting lessons, in which case, then good for her. Oh, I'm sure she's going to take acting lessons before it. But I, I would be more interested in seeing her not be herself. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see Cardi B doing whatever this character is supposed to be doing. Like, it's supposed to be like, what? What did I say? Like, she's an agent or something? Or, oh, she's a crook. It's like, I would like to see some, like, obviously she's going to shine through in the role, her personality, because they're going to write it for her and her style of comedy. But I don't want it to be like just what we see from her on Instagram. You don't want it to be like her in Hustlers. She was okay in Hustlers. Yeah, she was fine because she was pretty much playing herself because she was that girl dancing in the clubs back in the day. Yeah. She was just being who she is. Yeah. So that was was really good. It was toned down enough that I was okay with it. I mean, it was such a small role. (laughs) But yeah, I'm happy for Cardi B. I would, even if the theaters did open back, I would not go to the theater to watch it. If it's on streaming somewhere, I will definitely watch it. That's my... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But yeah, good for Cardi. Love her. There's a story that I came across the other day. Now, you probably know of this. Sugar Foods CEO and co-founder, Donald Tuber. Do you know the Sugar Foods guy? No, I don't know what Sugar Foods is. Well, anyways, um, whoa, having a really rough day with my voice today. He jumped to his death from his Manhattan apartment early Friday afternoon. Damn. Now, this 89-year-old wealthy magnet ended his life after jumping from his Park Avenue apartment. Can you imagine living in Park Avenue and being like, oh, my life is nothing. Let me just jump. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> sign that lease over to me. Um, yeah, he did this around 5 a.m. in the morning. 
and close sources said that he suffered from Parkinson's disease. I know, I don't know anyone with Parkinson's, but I do know that based off research, a lot of people who have it, they really find their quality of life to be diminished because of it. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if he thought, I'm 89, I'm not getting any younger, and this is just really hard for me on a day-to-day, so let me just end it. That is so sad. I know, it's really sad. Um, if you aren't too familiar with sweet with sugar foods the company has, you might know one of their products, Sweet and Low. Oh, so they make the artificial sweetener. Well, damn. Money can't buy happiness. I know. It definitely cannot. I mean, Parkinson's, they don't have a cure for that. It's really sad what happened, but damn, suicide's never easy. Mm. <laughs> That's What's your story? Understatement of the year. Um, <laughs> did you hear that Chris Rock was almost on Friends and Seinfeld? I heard something about that, and I thought, wow. Chris Rock on Friends and Seinfeld, this would have changed a lot of things. Because yeah. these were two notoriously white TV shows, sitcoms, that were extremely popular. Like yeah. Seinfeld, made, Seinfeld became a billionaire just off of that stupid show. It's so hard. Mm. Because they're so like white, it's so hard to imagine him in the show or even in the conversation. That's the thing. I think the, the writing would have had to be different. They would have. They would definitely tr- change the writing style. But oh, absolutely. Yeah, knowing the history of these two shows, everything was so vanilla. Like conversations, the things they made them do, the s- scenarios they put them in. It was hard to imagine Chris Rock in the '90s, knowing how he talks and his inflections and his attitude and everything. Like, how would you fit into this group? This cast. Yeah, what would, would Chris Rock say to Rachel? Yeah, <laughs> I was also going to say he's not a great actor, but Jerry Seinfeld isn't either. True. I mean, Chris Rock's not a great actor, but to be honest, none of these people in these sitcoms are great actors. Uh, They're all like comedians. Well, not friends. Especially, well, not friends specifically. I mean, Lisa Kudrow. <laughs> but look at... Seinfeld, I don't think anyone in Seinfeld was an amazing actor. They all felt like just friends sitting around talking. They felt more like friends than friends. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like so regular and so nonchalant. There was nothing spectacular ever happening. Every conversation happened around a couch, walking to the fridge to take something out of the fridge and going back to the couch, or happening in a boot at a diner. Like, the most random conversations. Do you like your coffee black? Yeah, why? I don't know. Something about it. It's a little bitter, don't you think? Is it? I don't know. That's their conversation. That's their dialogue in Seinfeld. Yeah. And people lived for it. (laughs) I can... Okay, so he was supposed to... Well, not supposed to, but he was in the conversation to play George Costanza, the, like, short one who's Jerry's best friend. I can Mm -hmm. kind of see it. Yeah, like obviously George the show would be completely the... it would be written completely different but i right. can see like him and jerry being best buds like they are friends in real life now they are yeah oh that's cool so i can i can kind of see him on that show i absolutely I see cannot that. see where he fits in in friends what role did they have in mind for him he didn't did say. They say 
He just said he would have been in Friends as one of the black friends. Like, he was going to be one of the main six. One of the main six? Yeah. Whoa. I'm like, mm, I can't see that at all. I just, I'm like, what, huh, what character? You know what character he might have been able to play? Um, ooh, I forget his name. There's the Joey, guy Ross, and uh, Chandler. The other one, Chandler. He could probably be Chandler. You think? Maybe. Yeah. You know, Friends He's very didn't... condescending and stuff, so... You know, Friends didn't um, have a black person talk until season seven? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. What? Uh, you know what? I could believe that because even when they were in the, the bar, the diner, whatever the hell that was, a cafe, I never really saw a lot of black extras. I didn't ever see one of joey's girlfriends be black i didn't see anyone really be black in the show and they all had partners at multiple times they were always at events meeting people and stuff and yet none of these people were of color so that's just what the industry was back in the 90s and i guess that was their new york you know yeah their version of new york is right and it was gabrielle union gabrielle union was the first black person to talk on friends and she was wow. on for one episode. Look how far TV has come. I mean, back in the 90s, we had a lot of really great black TV shows. So it's not like we, we were suffering. But for popular shows like that, not having any black characters, it was wild. On, on I can't recall of a black cast, a sitcom, TV show, whatever it is, not having white characters. <laughs> there was always someone white there even if living single they were all black but at some point i'm sure there were some white people in there that had a line oh yeah for sure for sure and that just goes to show with black tv we're not we want to share our stories but we're not excluding everyone else to be like in our universe we're the only ones that exist it's more like in our universe right now we want to tell our story but we do have other people coming in and out of it funny how that's I, different it's just weird i know we you never hear people being black i mean i'm not gonna go down that road <laughs> otherwise this is a black supremacist <laughs> not open up that can of worms so you guys have been listening to the podcast Thank you. But if the Too Much Podcast isn't enough, there's a whole lot more content on Michael's YouTube. Yeah, I post like every single week and I have literally too much going on over there. Hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and please drop a comment and tell us what you thought or what you'd like to see Michael do next. Bye. Oh, no. Back to the show. So today's topic is sex work. Are you for sex work or are you against sex work? Of course I'm for sex work. What do you mean? Maybe of course. How would I know if you are? Because I'm not going to knock anyone's hustle. I see. And I like sex. Well then. (laughs) Would you be ever, could you ever see yourself being a part of that industry? Uh, No, I can't see myself being a part of it. I don't think so. Why? Uh, mostly because I can't see, like, 
letting someone do something to me. Like you have to be very, um, you have to be very personable, which I am not. And you have to be kind of like down for anything. Like if we're talking about like sex work as in like actually having sex with people for money, then you like the customer's always right kind of thing. It's like obviously you're not supposed to be abused or some like that. I mean, it's not customer service, so. (laughs) I know, but it's like you're, they're paying you to provide them with exactly what they're looking for. Which is why you have the right to deny service. Yeah, you have the right to deny it. But it's like, I don't think that I could do that for people. Well, let's define sex work for a bit. Sex work is the provision of sexual services for money or goods. Now, normally they are women, men and transgendered people. Get that out of the way. We had a conversation the other day and I said to you, would you be offended if you met some trade or whatever and you had a session and all of a sudden, like the the session is over and they just leave some money on your counter and like left? Would that be like, would you be offended about that? And you'd never told them that you were doing anything for money in return or anything. They just left you money. Yeah. And I said, I said, I wouldn't be offended. And yet you don't want to be, you're like, you can't see yourself being a sex worker. I mean, that's a definition. (laughs) Yeah, but I was saying like, oh, I wouldn't be offended because it's like, whatever. I don't think that there's any shame in, in doing sex work. So I wouldn't be offended. I'd just be like, oh, that was funny that they thought I was that cool money. But (laughs) I don't think I could like show up to someone's place and they're like, they like it rough. And then I'm just supposed to just accept rough sex for like money i don't want i don't want that to be my job i guess it does sound like a very stressful job that's for sure yeah you have to deal with a lot and i don't want to deal with it no i don't think i could do you know anyone who's done sex work no i know people who have done this and what are their experiences so I don't know if this person considered themselves a sex worker, but they have been paid before to perform sexual acts with people. <laughs> so kind of, yes, they are. <laughs> if they're listening, they're going to be laughing or they're going to be mad. I don't know. Anyways, I'm not putting your business on Front Street, guys. Uh, so this person performed a sex act with someone. Uh, it was like one of those weird things people request you do to them. Yeah. Uh, it was like a golden shower thing. Gross. Yeah. But the person that I know, they were the one doing the peeing. So it's like they're not getting pissed on. So that's great, I guess. Still gross. <laughs> I guess. And the person like paid a little for that service. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like a one-off thing or a twice. I don't know. But it was not something that was recurring. But would the, would that person be considered a sex worker at that point if they just do, dabble in it? They were a sex worker in that moment. Okay. Sometimes you only well, have yeah. a job for a day. You know, there's a that's a point. <laughs> that's a point. Because I, 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 the reason I was wondering is because 
Tadric Hall, as we know, he's like an entertainer, but he dresses up in drag all the time. And I remember him in an interview saying, I'm not a drag queen, it's insulting, blah, 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 because girls have been doing this for years as their career. I just do it, just dress up every now and then for a shoot or for a specific thing. But I guess if you dressed in it and performed and got paid, you were that for that day or for those moments. So you are a professional. If you're getting paid for something, you're a professional, in my opinion. Well, I mean, he did drag, but he's not a drag queen. I mean, that's not his only job. I'm just like, I'm pretty sure a lot of sex workers, it's not their only job. They probably go to school at daytime or they probably work at Tim Hortons during the day. Like, but they are sex workers. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, you're a drag queen and you're a singer and you're a dancer. And you're, you're all of these things. So... Yeah, the person I know that did the golden shower thing, they said their experience was fine. It's like a little weird, but it's not hurting them because there's no penetration. There's no touching. There's no intimacy. Mm -hmm. It's like stand over there. Let me piss on you and let me go home. (laughs) I wouldn't even want to do that. Yeah, I've never. I'm just so anti gross stuff. Anything that's a little nasty just, like, freaks me out. So I don't know if I would be able to stomach that. I just Uh, don't like... I don't like... A lot of people get off to, like, humiliation and, like, submissive, dominant stuff. I don't like any of that. So I think that's that's another reason why I wouldn't want to do sex work. Because it's like... But then the thing is... I don't know. It's hard. Because it's like you're getting paid. So it's like, just do the job. Yeah, just but I've always had I've always had jobs that I liked. Like I've never had a job that I didn't want to do. Oh God, I had a job that I hated. Like that job made me physically ill. I went to the doctor. The doctor told me like I had vertigo. I was like, how did I get vertigo? Where like out of the blue, I've been fine. And I was I, the minute I would get to the building to walk inside, I felt physically ill. By the time I got upstairs and walked in, it was like, <sighs> like my body, I just couldn't control it. I was like, this is crazy. Is there like asbestos in this room? Like what is making me react this way? I just, I know when I left that company, I was like so happy. I was like, I really just had a bad reaction to this place. Like this job really drained my energy. Nah, every job I've ever had, I've loved, but I also like work. So that probably helps me love jobs. But I don't know if somebody wanted me to like humiliate them or hurt them. I don't, it wouldn't sit right with me. I'm also not a great actor. So it's like, I don't know if I would be super good at it. I know I, I could probably be like a dominatrix or something like slap some people around. No, couldn't be me. The people who want regular sex, the people who just like, yeah, the people who want regular sex, send them my way. But then a lot of people who, who not a lot of people, but some people who use sex workers are unattractive. A lot of them are because, yeah, because a lot of them go to sex workers because they find it hard to connect with people in the real world. Yeah, I would say some of them. I would say that's a stereotype. I think there's a lot of attractive people that use sex workers. But people who would use sex workers, it's either that you are damaged mentally and you find it hard to connect with people. I'm just saying, like, you find it hard to connect with people 
and meet people. That's why you're like, I got to go pay for this. Or you just have a lack of intimacy where you don't want to have to make love with a partner. You just want to, you know, bang, bang with some stranger and get it, get it over with. In that case, I'm like, choke the bishop, like use your hands. Why you got to go <laughs> pay for that? It's not the same. Ugh, the day I have to pay for something like that, I know it's over for me. A lot of people don't, ha- don't have to. No one has to. It's not like you're getting oxygen. You want to. No, it's like some people, they feel like they're going to explode if they don't get to relieve themselves. And I guess that's the only way they can get to relieve them. It's like, why do you think guys go to the strip club so often? They don't think they have to or they just want to. If it's just a want, how is it that you go so freaking often? You can't want something all the time. At that point, it's a need, in my opinion. No, it's just a want. Yeah, if you want something every day, you're addicted. And it's a, it's now become a necessity in your life. I guess there's and an there's argument some for guys, that. every day they leave work, they jump by to the strip club at Magic City and they throw away $50 and they come home to, to their girlfriends and their kids like, uh, sorry, I couldn't get milk, no cash. <laughs> I mean, know? if it keeps them sane, it keeps them sane. Um, I know somebody else that I know that did it. Um, they did it for a little while. And when they told me they did it, I was a little shocked, but not really. Because, you know, they're a little wild and, like, adventurous. So I'm like, this isn't far off from your brand. But they're, like, the type of people they would be with were, like, not a- appealing at all. As you said, a lot of them are not great to look at a lot of these people are people you would never like talk to in real life yet let alone have them lay on top of you Mm. and this was like a really this was a decent looking person and everything i'm like in real life they would not have a chance with you (laughs) but in this world that you ended up in uh just gross just gross well, Some you're getting paid. 50-something-year-old man out of shape, having their big gut squishing you out. Oh, God, no. See, I don't I don't think... See, I'm not shallow, so I don't think I would mind that. I just wouldn't want people who are, who are, are like, unhygienic. Like, if so... Yeah, because they don't, is... they don't have to, like, clean up to see you. Like, there's no obligation. It's not like when you hook up with someone or you go on a date or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you're they, paying them, so you just show up as you are. Like I don't give a you shit. You could be working what they a twelve-hour shift at the construction site, just show up with like cement on your in your fingernails and a moldy, cheesy foreskin dick, and just be like, "Well, I'm paying you, so deal with it." Exactly. That would that <laughs> would be the hard part. But like, hold your breath for the next five minutes while I'm on top of you. Yeah, and old people would be a hard part too, but. If people are like unattractive, I, nah, it is what it is. You know why I couldn't do it? Why? One, <laughs> for a plethora of reasons, but I just don't see myself. Like, I am visual, and if I don't find the person attractive, then there's no part of me that's going to be aroused. You just imagine things in your head. No, I, I, it really doesn't work for me that well. Like well, if I if I'm not attracted, yeah. If I'm not attracted, I won't even have function in that moment. Uh, apart from that, 
when I talk to these people that I know that have done things like this, what the, the paycheck they get, I'm like, that's not even anything for me to go demean. My, like, I will go work at Burger King at this point. Yeah, but literally. it's less. It's less work. I don't think it's less work. You know why? Because I see sex as a really spiritual act. I see sex as someone taking energy from me, someone swapping energy with me. And so I don't want just some bad juju all up in my spiritual, you know, home. Like, this is a real temple here for me. My body is a real temple. Yeah, but it's and still less work. Being with random, it's randoms, it's like it drains you. You don't yeah, get drained after being with some weirdo that's like, Ugh, what just happened? That was not it. <laughs> I don't think I would feel drained, no. Even talking to, like, just talking to people that I don't really want to, afterwards I'm like, well, that just drained my energy. That would be Maybe. the other hard part for me. Like Having a conversation. Let's just fuck. Why are you talking? <laughs> And a lot of people go, a lot of people like want to talk because it's like, it's about companionship sometimes, right? So yeah. it's like before and after they want to talk, like some like um, sex workers, like they meet up with people, they don't even have sex. They'll just yeah, like talk just and like, stuff or like hang out. Listen. Or like cuddle and things like that. I'm like, oh, miss me with all that stuff. Just like come in, dim the lights, bang, and then leave. Can you imagine sex worker like having their own freaking issues because if you're a sex worker you all you got your own stuff to deal with at that point and some guy coming in oh i'm up for this promotion and i have to go up against this person oh and my wife doesn't like to suck dick and i'm so annoyed my kids are such assholes yada 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 meanwhile you're sucking his dick and like he's like choking you <laughs> you're like uh-huh Tell me more. <laughs> Being a therapist, I cannot imagine. No shade. Like these sex workers are heroes in their own right. They're doing the Lord's work because God tough. knows if some of these some of these people, if they weren't able to go and have that experience, they'd probably be jumping out of a Park Avenue window too. Mm. You know, you never know. You know what I think is so sad? The like disabled people who like hire sex workers oh that is sad i know yeah, those sometimes... are those sex workers are the real angels i know because we're not physically or mentally disabled um that we know of currently we don't really think of people who are on a daily basis like it doesn't cross my mind every day like there are people out here that really are paralyzed and can't walk. Or there are people out here that are really mentally disabled and they don't have an easy time navigating the world because of these things or whatever. But there are people like that and they do have a hard time getting around and just being amongst everyone else. And they do have needs and urges. And some thinking about it just right now, it's like, how do they deal with that? How do they find that release? How do they connect with someone else who they're compatible with, like physically, emotionally, sexually, and they want to have that connection? They often hire someone. 
did you watch that show? Um, I cannot remember its name. It's this guy. He has some type of disability and he got a job, but he lied to everyone to say he got hit by a car. That's why he walks funny. Yes. But he, Where's the second season of that? I know. I think it came out early last year. So maybe because of the pandemic, they weren't able to reshoot. Uh, I feel but like yeah, it was so long ago. I can't remember the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. And it was really good. Maybe you can Google it. I don't know. Um, it was such a good show to shine a light into the life of a disabled person because he was disabled and he was gay and he's an adult and he's trying to navigate live, moving out of his mom's house because a lot of them have caretakers and he's like, well, I'm older now and I really want to learn to live by myself because, hey, you're my mom. You might, I might outlive you. If I outlive you, who's going to take care of me? Am I going to pay, um, PS like personal support workers for the rest of my life or am i going to try and figure this out yeah he moved out lived on his own tried to like get things done try to navigate relationships as a gay person with a disability listen gay people are so freaking shallow so freaking shallow it was called special by the way i just looked it up special okay yeah. it's hard enough to find a genuine person as a regular looking average gay man much less even a freaking good looking gay man what chance does someone who has physical disabilities or mental disabilities have for love in the gay community it's very slim yeah and i just remember actually on the show he hired a sex worker one day i didn't i don't think i watched that episode Oh, yeah, he hired a sex worker. He was really nervous about it, but yeah. Oh, I, think it I did. Well. I I did watch it. He, they did have sex, and he liked the guy. And the, the sex worker was very chill. Like, it wasn't one of those seedy things where he had to pull up in a car in a dark alley. It's like you come over to the guy's house. Yeah. So that was cool. Modern day. I was reading this article um, one day about um, how sex workers are, like, changing their... The way they make their money during the pandemic. I mean, OnlyFans, hello. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, especially for, you know, older older sex workers who are used to, like, just doing things in per like in person. It's a whole different world. Yeah. How are they coping? Because most of their fans, I don't think, well, their clientele, I don't think are, like, going to sign up for OnlyFans to pay a monthly subscription. Exactly. It's funny how sex work has kind of blown... I mean, it depends on if you consider that sex work, just like taking nude pictures and putting them on the internet. Um, but it's interesting how it's like, um, how it's evolved in this like modern world. It's like now so many people are doing OnlyFans. And is that, I, mean, I guess that's considered sex work, right? Yes, I would consider it sex work. If you look back at the history of sex work, I mean, it's been around since, like, B.C., you know, before Christ. Sorry. Uh, you would have brothels back in the day. You would have um, growing people on the corners of streets and stuff and people being escorts so you can take them into your home and they're a little bit cleaner and blah, blah, blah. Now it's all about the internet. So you go and you watch them do things. You have porn stars. Like the, the porn industry was so huge in the 70s, 80s, 90s. 
early 2000s. It's not that big now, I think, because so many amateur people have access to platforms where they can showcase their art. I'm going to call it art. <laughs> and have people pay for it. And it's better. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't watch these things. So. Yeah, okay. Anyways. <laughs> Nobody wants to watch like a studio produced pornography anymore. They want to yeah. like see real people who seem like they actually want to have sex with each other. You know what I mean? Like they're enjoying each other's company. Like people I... aren't into the cheesy acting and the like to like people. knock 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 yeah oh my god my my pipes burst and then your blouse pops open and it's like can you fix my plumbing yeah and, all and then all of a sudden you're, you're just like a... smashing each other and there's all this screaming <laughs> because it feels so good it's like people aren't oh the that. screaming took me out i'm like why are they so loud they want are real you, people are you enjoying yourself or stuff. are you dying exactly Meanwhile, exactly. on the amateur side, sometimes it's so quiet. You're like, are they doing it? <laughs> Some people like it quiet. It's real like, life. Like mimes having sex. Mimes having sex. <sighs> now, we, li we live in Canada here. Do you know what the laws are for sex workers here in Canada? I think that you can... Um, sex work is legal, but you can't solicit. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, like, makes no sense. Yeah, because, like, how are you supposed to do it without asking someone if they want it? <sighs> oh, there's... Oh, I'm just looking at something here, and it's, like, talking about Montreal. It says, happy endings, legal or not in Canada. Have you ever had a happy ending? I can't believe you would ask me that in this public forum. Oh, Sorry. No, I have not had Whisper a happy ending. Whisper it to me. Whisper it. <laughs> I have not had a happy ending. Um, it says, while happy endings are legal in Montreal, they are not provided by certified... What? Okay, they're not provided by certified and licensed uh, massage therapists. Okay. Well, that makes so sense. So I guess just like a regular person can give you a happy ending? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh, so <laughs> it's saying that um, in these services, they're provided by normally people who work in athletic therapy clinics, gyms, and spas. Athletic so therapy? I'm like, so that's what they're doing in these, like, athletic camps, making sure. <laughs> I would say just, the, I would say mostly the spas. I don't know who wrote that. I don't know. This is crazy. But yeah. S -s 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 sex. It says under Bill C-36, sex workers are considered victims of sexual exploitation. <laughs> are they? Because I believe they want to do this. Um, It depends. For sure. I mean, for the... Some, pe some people are victims. If you're like trafficked and you're being forced to do this by a pimp i'm not talking about you i'm talking about people who are working their nine to five and they decide this is not paying me enough and i want to go and sell bussy on the corner because that's what i feel like doing that happens a lot more these days 
these days. These days, people are a lot we're sex positive. more open. Yeah, they're like, this is what I feel like doing. It's my body. Why not make it make money for me? But that's why but, they, when they bust up in on sex workers, the girls don't get charged. Where? Like when a police like busts in on like some sex work, they mm-hmm. don't charge the girls. Um, well, for Canada, for sure. But for the States, they do. Because in Canada, if you're the one selling it, it's legal. Totally fine. But if you're the one buying it, it's a, it's a crime. Hmm. Which is like counterproductive. It's like, wh- why is it that it's legal to sell, but you're not allowed to buy it? Like, because, I don't get it. Because I think they're they're trying to keep the girls... Because the law says the, that the girls are um, victims. Ugh. <sighs> child just like just outlaw it in general in general because you Excuse can't have me? one law saying you cannot have one law saying that it's fine to go sell this so you think they should any, outlaw sex work okay you're putting me on a spot here i'm, I'm not putting saying, you on the spot i'm asking you to clarify <laughs> what you just said i don't care who wants to sell it but i think it's weird that you're telling people it is okay for people to sell it but nobody's allowed to buy it so what you meant to say was they should just legalize it. I'm a conservative, so I don't really have an opinion on that right now. Uh-huh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Socially conservative, except when it comes to gay. Pretty much that. Jeez. <laughs> Hello, people. Legalize sex, them. legalize weed, legalize hard drugs. You know, people have this weird thing about if you legalize hard drugs, it will, like, control it. I don't think so. It's about putting it out so. in the open. Can you imagine? Because we, we in Ontario, like Canada has legalized it fully. So there's like three dispensaries in my community. Every street you walk on, there's a weed shop. And you see all these people pulling up and like buying weed and CBD and all that type of stuff. Can you imagine if hard drugs were legalized? You think more people see, would buy it? Oh, I'm just saying... Look, when you walk downtown Toronto, you see long lines of people trying to get into the weed store. Can you imagine beside that, a cocaine store, a meth store, or whatever, and you just see long lines of people? I'm, I'm going to be looking at y'all crazy like, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, you would. You're that type of guy. I think most people die from overdoses of like because... dirty, dirty drugs. I'm sorry, there's such a thing as clean drugs. Like pure. Oh, child. I don't have enough knowledge about what drugs are clean and dirty, so I couldn't speak on that. Like a lot of people buy drugs and it's like laced with fentanyl. So then they die because it's a fentanyl overdose. It's like they're always taking the same amount that they usually do, but then they get one that isn't pure. If these things were legalized, then there might be they can put in um, regulations and things like that to help keep the supply clean. I don't think that more people smoke weed now that it's legal than they than the people who did before. So why would more people start doing hard drugs? And I don't think we should um, be sending people to prison just because they do drugs. No, that I agree with. Everything else, I was like, eh, sure, whatever. But <laughs> what I do agree with is. You should not be sending people with addiction problems to jail. And we wouldn't like, sell them. We wouldn't send them to jail if it wasn't illegal. 
no, what where they need to go is rehab. So there you go. Yeah, the, the, the rehab is so that they don't continue to use drugs, not to... So legalize it and put the money that you used to put into busting drugs and stuff like that into providing people with resources like rehab. So what you pretty much, you know what you're talking like right now? You're talking like a real capitalist. You're like, legalize hard drugs so we can make more money for the economy because people are going to buy that shit. Then we're going to have another booming industry, which is mental health care because, uh, or addiction. A lot of people are going to be using it so much that some of them are not going to be able to function well. They're going to have to take time off from work to go to rehab for months at a time. And that's an, that's something the government's probably going to have to cover for insurance, or maybe that's something that insurance companies are now going to prof- provide more uh, frequently in packages, and that's just like creating more industries and more money. But is it good for the people? I don't think so. Well, that's your opinion, and I would I would say it's more socialist than capitalist, actually. Well, I am a socialist, and I don't agree. We can agree to disagree. Yes, we can. We had a really good conversation today. Did we? Yeah, we did. Like, <laughs> it was it flowed well. I liked it. We talked about sex work and how you are against people living their truths and like selling bussy for money. You were That's like, you. screw them, people. You said oh, don't no. legalize it. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure I said uh, I'm here for it. I would do it. I condone it. I'm a champion for it. I'm pretty sure that's what I said. You didn't say that you would do it. Would you do it? No, you wouldn't. No, no. You said you couldn't even get going for the wrong person. I'm joking. Of course I could not do that. I I couldn't do it. It's not for me, guys. God bless everyone who does it. You guys are pretty strong mentally and all of that. It's just not for me. If I I was in a position where... I'm forced to do that for money. I don't know how I would cope because I think it would, because I'm a very strong person mentally, but I think that would break me having to just lay there and no, it would break my spirit having to lay there and just have people have their way with me to, to survive. Oh, I, I think I could, I, if I had to do it, I could do it. But, but if I nowadays, have a choice, no. Nowadays though, it seems a little different because it's more empowering because people are just like, Oh, I love sex, and I'm just getting paid for it, so it's a bonus. And they choose the clients they want to do it with. Yeah. So someone might come up and be like, hey, you want to have fun? They'd be like, nope, sorry, I'm good. And yeah, if someone exactly. else comes and they like them, they're like, yeah, come on, let's have some fun. Here's that's my a, rates. That's another thing about, you know, how, like, these these porn studios are so much smaller because everyone's doing amateur now. They pick who they have sex with like if you're a porn star and now you have your only fans you're only doing scenes with people you actually want to do scenes with it's not some right. studio or director assigning you okay you're gonna do this and with this person there's not like, like they, 50 they, lights on you and fluffers and shit they have their own freedom and it's like all the money goes back to them whereas before you know i guess unless you're like a really big star you're just getting paid for the scene and then that's it. doesn't matter how many views it gets or back in the day how many copies it sells. But now, if it's on your own platform, all the money comes back to you. Minus whatever, the 20% or whatever that 
OnlyFans takes off the top, which is nothing compared to what used to happen. I've seen a lot of people online who used to be like at a specific studio and they would only make films with that studio. And now they don't make films anymore. They only have their OnlyFans. And I mean, they're basically like Instagram influencers at this point. Selling That's smart their, because uh, you already Andrew have Christian a following. Underwear. <laughs> so why not make sure make all the money come directly to you? Exactly. I I might do an OnlyFans, but I would definitely not do any sexual acts on it. I'm not gonna be. Trash. You're not gonna see all of that type of thing. If I'm doing it, it's gonna be something specific, artistic, maybe some tasteful photos. Like we're talking on video right now, but you guys are not gonna be seeing this. I do have a, like a really nice artsy photo I took for my birthday like two years ago. In uh, the nude. I said artsy, tasteful. <laughs> uh, but I would do more things like that than just being like busting it open. Like, no, <laughs> we don't do that over here. Well, still nudes. Kind yeah, of. Tasteful, just covered though. Up. It's like, um, wait. I don't like I was about describing to... it as tasteful, actually. I'm sorry. Well, how would you describe it? It's just, it's just uh, like a, it's a semi-nude. But I think that you know, nudes can be tasteful too, because we're sex positive and we celebrate bodies, all types of bodies. Do you? So full, do you? full frontal can also be tasteful. You keep singing this narrative stiff. about how you're sex positive and body positive. I'm not going to put your business out on Front Street, but we know you're not. What? It's the truth. That's T. I'm not going to put you on front street. I'm just well, saying just we both know what the truth is. Everybody no. in the comments, go get him. <laughs> You've been saying some real grimy shit. <laughs> but I'm joking. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to comment on whatever platform you're listening to this on. It helps people find us. And check us out on YouTube. I post every week about Drag Race and a bunch of other things. Bye.